Today on Ag News Daily. It's a little bit of an embarrassing moment for me how I came to call the Sandhills home because I grew up on a feed yard in Northeast Nebraska. If we could just cut the Sandhills out, I could get home a lot faster and that would just be really great. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Friday here on the Ag News Daily Podcast. Delaney Howell flying solo this Friday afternoon. And certainly want to thank our listeners for tuning in with me today. Here in central Iowa, it's actually a pretty nice, about 40 degree weather today. We get a little bit of rainfall in the forecast last night, starting to melt the snow pretty substantially. And... You know, speaking of weather, I've got a little bit of weather news here for our listeners as, of course, the La Nina pattern is in full swing and drought is likely ahead, according to meteorologists. You know, we've talked pretty frequently to Eric Snodgrass and I read his morning updates and so I've been pretty staying close aligned in what's going on, but... La Nina probably, of course, means more bad news for the American Southwest and also, of course, South America. But as we continue to get into the full swing of the La Nina pattern here, the stage is being set. And, you know, as you look at the most recent U.S. drought monitor that came out earlier this week, that drought conditions, those dry conditions, are continuing to expand even into areas here in Iowa and up into the north, into uh, our friends in Canada up there even so much. But dry weather is expected to occur across much of the upper Midwest, adding to existing precipitation deficits and drying soils, as well, of course, as those drying subsoils. You know, you want to think about... Those subsoil moisture conditions, of course, as you're heading into planting season and really here in central Iowa, we've not seen, I mean, one, maybe two major snowfall events here this winter, which, of course, as the ground is starting to thaw, will impact subsoil moisture levels. So we'll definitely want to be sure to have Eric on again here as folks are gearing up for planting season to talk just how bad are subsoil moisture levels. But as you look here in the short term, the next about week or so, February 10th through the 15th, is still calling for relatively dry weather over much of the lower 48 states. A pair of storms are expected to bring snow to the upper Midwest and Northeast here within the next week or so, but much of the continental U.S. will see above normal temperatures through the weekend here into the beginning of next week and... Those drought conditions are expected to continue to increase. You look at uh, the most recent drought monitor, as I mentioned there, really up in the states of the Dakotas, of course, Montana, Wyoming, up in those neck of the woods, really continuing to hit dry. We're starting to see a little bit of not major drought creeping into Iowa as of yet, but we're definitely starting to see, I think it's a kind of D1 area creep into the Iowa, Minnesota, etc. states here. Uh, So we're starting to see really that continue there. And I know that's going to be a key factor a lot of farmers are watching as we do get ready for planting season. And fun fact for some of our listeners, uh, you could be as little as 45 days away from planting season. You know, I was talking to my dad last night and He was like, oh, be sure to tell Blaine, planting's just about 45 days away. And 
you know, Blaine was really happy at that and kind of rolled his eyes because, of course, that is a key key go time for a lot of farmers. But yeah, it's just about 45 days away, kind of depending, of course, on where you live in the United States. But it is right around the corner, folks. And, you know, I'm I'm personally happy about that on the one hand, because that does also mean that we will be about through the brunt of winter here. So it's a mixed bag, I suppose. But one thing that's not a mixed bag today is 2021 farm bankruptcies down a whopping 50% compared to 2020. Astronomical improvements in farm country, of course, likely and most notably cited due to increased commodity prices in 2020 and 2021. But yeah, Chapter 12 bankruptcies down in every region in 2021. And as you look at the regions and their specific breakdown of those Chapter 12 bankruptcies, the Northwest down 81%, the West down about 53%, Southwest down 40%, the Outside lower states down 17%, the southeast down 40%, northeast down 82%, mid-Atlantic down just 8%, but the Midwest down 52%, so all in all, averaging out there to be 50% lower across the United States, which is certainly exciting news for producers as they're looking at their balance sheets for 2022. Some not-so-exciting news, however, is what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. Reuters reported today that a Ukraine invasion could come at any time as Russia masses more troops. New Russian deployment tactics have, or excuse me, new Russian deployments have been detected by satellite. And Blinken says invasion, an invasion could come before the Olympics end. So as we know, Russia is enacting some naval exercises this weekend, which uh, will likely block a lot of the shipping routes along the Black Sea for getting product into Ukraine. And like I said, there were also starting to see an influx of troops along the Russian-Ukraine border. So Biden told NBC News earlier today, things could go crazy pretty quickly. Certainly going to be all eyes watching that relationship to see if anything happens. And if so, what is, you know, the world country's reaction going to be? Russia invading Ukraine. What does the U.S. do? What does China do? What does the EU do? And all eyes will be on that, even in the midst of the U.S. Olympics. But you could probably pause the Olympics this weekend as we get ready for another major sporting event. Of course, that is the U.S. Super Bowl, where the Bengals will take on the Rams on Sunday evening. And I thought this piece of news was a good piece of feel-good Friday news to end our news segment on here before we hop over into today's interview. And, uh, you know, I, I was kind of debating who I was going to be cheering for this Olympics. Don't really particularly feel strongly about either team, the Bengals or the Rams. But after reading this piece of news, I think I will be cheering on the Bengals because Darren Simmons is their special teams coach for the Cincinnati Bagels. And he's a Kansas farm boy. He said growing up in the extreme southwest Kansas, his roots draw back to farm fields where 
he planted growing up and he says where his roots are still very firm today. He said while he's not conquering his NFL coaching dreams in Cincinnati, he's actually actively back on the farm helping at their farm in Elkhart, Kansas, which is in the very southwest corner of the state. He was apparently an all-star kicker, went to community college after high school before becoming part of the University of Kansas football team, and met his wife there in college, who was a KU cheerleader and also a Kansas farm girl. And so I think that just is kind of a good story there to wrap us up for this Friday afternoon. But yeah, I like that they're rooted in agriculture, and obviously he has a lot of hometown support it's a bittersweet moment for him this weekend because his dad, who farmed for more than 50 years and obviously was a big part of the farm, passed away about six months ago and obviously won't be around to watch his son coach in the Super Bowl, but said he's got a lot of hometown support there in Elkhart, Kansas, and hopefully we'll have a good, strong ag community cheering him on this weekend in the Super Bowl. But... With that being said, that's all the news I have for this Friday afternoon. Let's go ahead here and hop into the markets for today. And folks, we really saw a key reversal today in soybeans, although maybe I should say it's too soon to tell if it was a reversal, but certainly saw a good bounce off of yesterday's lows and closed higher across the board today in grains. March corn today up nine and a quarter cent, closing at 6.51. Dece new crop corn up 10 cents, closing at 5.94 and three quarters. In the soybean pits, the March contract today up eight and three quarters cents, closing at 15.83. The November up 12 cents, closing at 14.44. In the wheat pits today, the March contract added 26 and a quarter cent, closing at 7.97 and three quarters. The Dece up 21 and a half cents, closing at 8.01 and a quarter. Hopping over to look into the livestock markets today, we saw weakness to end this Friday afternoon. April live cattle down 70 cents, closing at 146.17 and a half. The June down 47 and a half cents, closing at 141.12 and a half. Feeder cattle continued to show weakness today as well, with the March contract shedding 50 cents at 166.22 and a half. The April down $1.05, closing at a buck 70 70. In lean hogs today, we saw weakness as well, with the April contract cutting $1.20, closing at 102.22.5. The May down $1.30, closing the day out at 106.40. And lastly, wrapping things up here with the Class 3 dairy milk futures. March today up 35 cents, closing at 22.46. April up 11, closing the day out at 22.66. Without further ado, let's kick it over to our interview for today's Friday afternoon. Talking to Taryn Dreeling. On today's Friday interview, we are talking to Taryn Dreeling, who is a rancher from the Sandhills of Nebraska and the owner of Faith Family and Beef. Taryn, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. 
And I'm excited to have you on, especially because you've already been on two podcasts on the Global Ag Network, Working Cows and Ag State of Mind. So guys, if you want to go and listen to her episodes chatting with those two folks, you can go and listen on globalagnetwork.com. But I'm excited to have you here on the Ag News Daily Podcast. And of course, I want to start out by talking about your family operation, because like I said there, you're ranching up in Nebraska. And from everything that I've read and looked at on your website, you are a passionate Sandhill, Nebraska. Yeah, so I actually didn't grow up in the Sandhills. It's a little bit of an embarrassing moment for me how I came to call the Sandhills home because I grew up on a feed yard in Northeast Nebraska. And then I came out to the panhandle of Nebraska after college and worked at a feed yard out there. And I used to say in those days when I was living in the panhandle and traveling across the state back home to eastern Nebraska, if we could just cut the sandhills out, I could get home a lot faster and that would just be really great. And then by the grace of God, I ended up in the sandhills and now this is home. So yes, my husband and I, along with our three kids, we live and work on a large ranch here in the sandhills. We don't own the ranch, but it really is a family operation for us because we get to work as a family. We get to do all the day-to-day care on the cattle as a family. And that is one of my greatest joys in life is being able to take care of God's land and his livestock, all of us together as a family. And one thing that you guys really showcase is your ride along series, I'll call it on YouTube. So what are you doing there? And what's your message that you're really trying to get across to your viewers? Well, you know, I've kind of neglected YouTube. It's something that I'm going to be revisiting this year, but it got really hard to film and actually work. So I'm trying to figure out how we can still take people along for the ride on YouTube. And I'm trying to figure out how to film it and be able to provide that for people and still like feel like I'm getting my job done really well. (laughs) which is a challenge. But the goal with YouTube is just really to provide an escape for people who maybe don't have the same lifestyle and just ride along with us and experience real life ranch life virtually. And another thing that you do is you you talk a lot about the Enneagram and we've chatted a little bit before on the Ag News Daily podcast about the Enneagram, but can you walk us through really what that looks like and maybe what it tells you about people and what you do with it? Yeah. So I first heard of the Enneagram back in 2018. I was at a Christy Wright's business boutique conference. And at the time, like everyone was talking about it there everyone at the conference. And I looked it up to see what it was like. It's a personality typing system, but I didn't really get that into it until the summer of 20, that late, no, summer of 2019. Yes. Cause the conference was in the fall of 18, summer of 19. I was listening to Annie F. Downs, that sounds fun podcast. And every summer she has what she calls the Ennea summer series, just talking about the Enneagram and visiting with people of all nine types. And I really got hooked on it then. And I've always been really interested in personality typing systems. Uh, So I started to delve into the Enneagram a little bit more and found out that it was different than all of the other systems that I've done. Like I've done Myers-Briggs. I've done the one with the colors that I can never remember the name of. Um, I haven't done Strengths Finder, but 
what what sets this apart the Enneagram apart from those other personality typing systems is rather than focusing on your characteristics or your tendencies or what you do, the Enneagram narrows down the why. So why you have those characteristics, why you have those tendencies, why you are the way you are, which I find a lot more helpful and beneficial to actually creating positive change in yourself and the way that you communicate with others. I recently became, I mean, it's helped me so much that I made the decision recently to become a certified Enneagram coach. And the reasons that I did it are mostly selfish because it has helped me a lot. And I recognize that. But also, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, Um, I'm a type nine. And so knowing that, you know, that I'm a peacemaker and I don't like conflict. I don't like to feel conflict within myself. I would never say anything outwardly that would cause conflict, or I would try really hard not to say anything that would cause conflict between like, say you and I. And um, so as you might imagine, the last couple of years (laughs) have been hard for someone who doesn't like conflict being in the online space with the pandemic and an election and all of the things. Um, There's just a lot of division and a lot of conflict that I don't like. I wanted to really try to quiet some of the conflict. And part of that is helping people understand themselves and others better, which improves our communication. And when we have improved communication, there's just, we might not always agree on all of the things, but there is less outright arguing and conflict in the world. We can we can have more constructive conversation. And so that's one of the reasons that I became an Enneagram coach. And ideally, I would just like everyone to be able to communicate better. But because I'm just one person and there are millions and millions of people in the world, I've really niched down in my coaching to re- those of us in rural America. So I'm focusing on helping folks in uh, rural small businesses, farms and ranches that either employ people or are multi-generational operations. Um, I've been doing some trainings with some industry organizations like the Farm Bureau, and I'll be at the Nebraska Women in Ag Conference in a couple of weeks, the 24th of February. But for farms and ranches and small businesses, I can provide workshops, on-site trainings where we go through and talk about what the Enneagram is in depth, how determine everyone's type, talk about communication styles, just really improve lines of communication and self-awareness. You know, Taryn, you talk about how this can be applicable to, you know, one, small businesses, but of course, farms and ranches with employees. But I want to talk a little bit further about really how you work with them in incorporating the Enneagram test and, you know, they're interpreting their results, but also on those multi-generational operations, because that's something that you also talk about on your website. And I'm interested to know how you are able to work all these things together and try to incorporate um, a better working system for those operations. Right. So everyone... I mean, it's nice to know your own number and really the root of all of what we talk about is in knowing yourself better. Like 
You can't know someone else because the Enneagram is rooted in motivation. You can't always know their type because you can't always know their motivation unless they tell you. Um, so knowing, so getting to know yourself better and getting to know your tendencies, like say I'm using myself as an example, again, I'm a type nine and type nines don't like conflict. So we try to avoid it. One of the ways that I try to avoid it is with passive aggressive behaviors when in reality, passive aggressiveness is not clear. And when you're not clear, you're not being kind. And so one of my other life goals is to always be kind. And when I'm being passive aggressive, I'm not kind. So when I see myself falling back into that, I can check myself and bring myself back and, and remember that not everybody has a problem with conflict like I do. So the more clear I can be, the more kind I can be. Well, I'm a type three with a two wing. I took the test years and years ago, but I just redid it earlier today so I could be a little bit prepared to talk to you. Actually, I think the way that I feel about the tests is sometimes we have to be a little bit careful with the tests because I think subconsciously as humans, we whether we know we're doing it or not, we choose answers that we want instead of that we actually are or portray. And so I always say the tests are a good, good place to start. But if you really want to get into your number and knowing yourself and knowing the other numbers, you should really uh, take a look at the motivations. And there are some really good books that I recommend, or you can reach out to me. I have through my certification process, I've kind of de developed a series of questions that I ask people that helps us get to their type. Taryn, another thing that you've got going is your podcast, Type It Out. So before we really close out our conversation today, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that show? Yeah, so uh, then I almost two years ago now, my I was talking about the Enneagram in my Instagram stories and my friend Cass, who we we haven't we haven't actually met in real life, to be honest, but we'd been following each other for a while on Instagram. And uh, she reached out after I shared about the Enneagram in my stories. And she's like, I didn't know you were a nerd too. I'm a nerd. And so we got to talking lots of DMs, lots of Marco Polos later we decided that we needed to do something to help others with the Enneagram like it had helped. Blah, sorry. Okay. We decided that we wanted to help others with the Enneagram because it had been so beneficial for each of us. And so we landed on podcast. So we started in July of 2021, type it out with T and Cass. The podcast is really, I mean, it's, it's, Anyone can listen, but our target is really rural women um, who want to get to know themselves better and get to know other people better and improve their communication skills and just really grow in who they were meant to be. And so we took a little break over the holidays. We're coming back uh, next month with a new series. But our last series, we talked to other women of all nine types and just really deep took a deep dive into those types, but uh, the series coming up is going to be how to determine your type and what to do with it once you've figured it out. Well, Taryn, if our audience wants to catch up on your podcast, learn a little bit more about you, where can they find you out on the web? 
Yeah. So our podcast is type it out with T and Cass, and you can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're type it out podcast on Instagram. And if they're looking for me, they can find me at Taryn.Dreeling on Instagram. That's T-E-R-R-Y-N dot D is in David, R-I-E-L-I-N-G. And I'm Faith Family and Beef everywhere else on the web. Awesome. Well, Taryn, thank you once more for coming on and chatting with us about the Enneagram and your family's operation up there in Nebraska. Certainly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, again, a big thank you there to Taryn and Ashton for taking care of today's Friday interview. Folks, we've got a lot of great content lined up for next week. So make sure and stay tuned with us. You can find us on social media at Ag News Daily on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And tweet at us. Who are you cheering for this Super Bowl Sunday? Certainly going to be watching that myself and hopefully eating some good food and As we know, Monday after the Super Bowl is actually one of the number one days people call in sick. So don't be one of those people if you do have an off-the-farm job. I'll be on the podcast just as usual. And uh, we hope you all enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you right back here on Monday. (laughs) 